0: What do you know about angels? There's a lot to know about angels and here to talk about angels is Nathan Jones. Nathan has just written a book called The Mighty Angels of Revelation and we're going to talk about that book and much, much more. Welcome to Prophecy Watchers. Oh, so good to be back on Gary, thank you for having good me. Good to have you here. Uh, you make a statement in your book that um, people don't really know about angels. And specifically Christians know of angels but they don't really know all the details. And today Nathan is going to be talking about angels. And there are a lot of things to know. But before that I want Nathan to tell us all about himself. Where do you come from, what do you do on a day-by-day basis, and how did you come to write this book?
1: Okay, well if you want to know everything about me you're going to need more than one program. Probably. (laughs) Folks, hi, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Internet Evangelist at Lamb and Lion Ministries. We are a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of different ways, primarily through our television program, which is called Christ in Prophecy with Dr. David Reagan. I'm the co-host. And for me, I am the Internet Evangelist, so not only do I speak at conferences and churches and write books, but the Internet and three billion plus people that are possible to reach out there over the Internet tends to be my pulpit.
0: In your book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation, uh, and by the way this, this is an amazing book. Oh, uh, I read a, a lot love. of Christian praise books love. and I love information. Uh, I don't like a lot of fluff. And when I read a book, I love to have information at my fingertips, but I want it to be an easy read. And well, this is this is one of those books. Oh, good. So uh, you you did well. It's all the Lord. And you make the statement that people don't know very much about angels, and we're talking about Christians here. That is, most Christians acknowledge yes, there are angels. Or maybe there were once upon a time, but mm-hmm. they're gone. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever sees them anymore. Uh, but you begged to differ. I did. Uh, you know it's funny,
1: we grew up as kids uh, on 1950s Americana books that illustrated angels. Uh, there were these white guys and with curly blonde hair and togas, and they had this metal ring floating over their head somehow, and they looked stoic in, right. in, in their demeanor. And we grew up with this Americana look about angels. But when you get into the Bible and start really studying about angels, it really breaks that mold. And I find too that a lot of our misconceptions about angels we don't take from the Bible, we get from movies like *Clarence*, for instance. Uh, oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful life, you know, when you hear a bell ring. An angel gets angels his wings. Gets, well that's not doctrinally sound whatsoever. So no. we get a lot of misconceptions from Hollywood and and books and things about angels. You have to go to the Bible to find out about angels, and you'll find they're very different than this child's book type teaching that we've gotten and grown up with.
0: When you open the book, and by the way, uh, as you read uh, this book, uh, you'll run across several challenging statements, and right at the top of the list is one that Nathan uh, lays out. He says. Not only do very few people know about angels, but they don't even know where to look to find out about angels. And he suggests the book of Revelation of all places. Where are you going to look to find out about angels? And I had never thought of this before, but Revelation is the book if you want to talk about an angel doing this or an angel doing that or several angels doing several things. It's amazing. It is. It is. There's 108 references to angels.
1: It's Malach in Hebrew or Angelos in the Greek in the New Testament, and there's 176 in the New Testament for 284 references of angels in the Bible. Wow. 72 angels or groups of angels can be found in just the Book of Revelation, and I can tell you how the story how I ended up studying the Book of Revelation, but it was an event that happened in my family that forced me into the Bible to really get into understand angels a lot better.
0: Hmm, So the Lord did something in your family that sort of piqued your interest a little bit and here you are.
1: It did more than pique my interest, it kind of like smacked me awake to the idea of angels. Because you know you read in the Old Testament about angels that that would uh, battle in Heaven and Satan and his demons were thrown out. You read about angels guarding the tree of life uh, with this flaming sword, of traveling with Abraham uh, and the angel of the Lord and going and rescuing Lot and destroying armies. Then you get to the New Testament and you read about angels declaring the coming Christ to Mary and Joseph, and angels at the resurrection and angels at the ascension and angels rescuing the apostles from jail and all. And then you get this kind of idea, well in the New Testament era past the New Testament actually we, we're, we've we got the Holy Spirit so does God need the angels anymore? Yeah. And uh I was under that misconception until this particular event happened uh, a number of years ago my parents were in their car and they were traveling and they were going down the road and this car came and my father looks in the in the driver's and the woman who was driving was looking back there was a, actually a child in the back seat so she wasn't paying attention he tried to swerve out of the way and they just hit head on so she
0: came across into his lane
1: and they right into his lane he was driving a Caddy but the the geometry and the impact pushed the engine into the compartment and that's where my mother was in the passenger seat. Head-on collision. Head-on collision. The engine was crushing her, it broke most of the the bones, it was burning hot. My father was pretty badly beat up but he was able to crawl out of his window and he was trying to make it around to the other side of the car to let my mother out. Well he didn't get very far, he passed out right there in the middle of the street. Wow. And all of a sudden he heard Because he's a huge Harley Davidson uh, fan, he heard a Harley Davidson motorcycle roll up and the wheel pulls up right next to his head. He hears this.
0: A wheel next to his head. That means he was sort of on the ground. He was. He was absolutely laying down on the ground. And he hears a motorcycle wheel by, man, what Uh a. But
1: he wasn't laying down on the ground very long. He heard this, the clack of the steel toed boots get down and lift him up and carry him and put him in the grass. And when he looked up, he saw a guy who looked like a motorcycle biker. Bandanas, leather jacket. But interestingly enough, it said heaven's angels on the back of his jacket. And he heard the car door on my mother's side, that sound of, you know, how metal rips, yeah. the sound of metal ripping off. And he saw the, the biker looking into the car. Then he saw him go over and check on the other car and make sure the young mother and the baby were okay. And then he started directing traffic. Well, my father then passed out at that point. Ooh. And as he was being loaded on the gurney into the ambulance, he turned to the paramedic and he asked, could you please thank the biker for saving me from getting run over? And the paramedic was like, oh, I'm sorry sir, I, I didn't see any biker here. The police officer outside the ambulance, same thing. Uh, I don't know anything about a biker here. Nobody could remember there being a biker there except my father. So I got his call later at night to let him know they were in the hospital and what happened. And my father insisted that an angel came in the form of a biker to rescue them. And I remember sitting there my first thought was skepticism. I was like, well, angels in this day and age, how could that be? So I talked to a pastor friend of mine, Vic Batista, we do a podcast program, The Truth Will Set You Free, every Wednesday. And he challenged me he Says, well you want to know about angels if they're active in the here and now, then you need to go to the book of Revelation. Uh With 72 angels or groups of angels referenced in the book of Revelation, it's the place to learn about angels. So that's what we did for a year. We taught through our podcast, we then blogged it for another year, and about two years ago our founder and director Dr. David Reagan said, you know you guys ought to put that study into a book. And here now is the mighty angels of Revelation is the fruit of that effort. And I learned that angels are indeed
0: very active in this day and age. Okay. So angels exist, and of course I believe that with all my heart and have had in my own family, and I won't relate the stories right now, but my father had a, a visit with an angel. His brother was in the hospital and he claims that an angel visited him and assured him that his brother would not die. Which was just a great event in his own life. So, and I, so I have heard stories about angels, and I myself believe uh, in angels. But again you make a great point. There's a lot to learn about angels in the Bible. So let's go to your book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation. What's the first thing that you'd like people to know about an angel?
1: Well angels are very, very different than that Americana type style we're talking about. As I went through the book of Revelation and Vic and I studied it, we found that there's 72 angels or groups of angels. And they're not all Like stormtroopers, you know, there are clones. They're not all looking the same. There are ones that look like animals. For instance, the seraphim that stand before the throne of God. They have six wings and each has a different face. One of a man, one of an ox, one of a lion, and one of an eagle. They are covered in eyes and they sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Uh, there's got the cherubim who actually carry the throne of God across the universe.
0: Yeah, and, and that's amazing because if you go back to uh, Second Samuel I believe it is, there's a statement. As well as in Psalms it says the Lord flies or travels on the backs of the cherubim. In mm-hmm. other words they are His, if you will, His chariot. And there's something called the chariot of the cherubim in which the Lord rides in through the sky. And I think that's what uh, visited Ezekiel in, in Ezekiel chapter 1.
1: Yeah, Ezekiel gives a very good uh, description. I actually had to when I discussed these uh, cherubim because we get this idea again, Valentine's Day comes, and they're these little fat babies in diapers, <laughs> and they got this little bow and arrow. But right. that's not true. I mean, they no. carry the throne of God, and it says they don't move. In other words, God makes the universe move around Him, and that just blows my mind when you read that—that that they can move the throne without themselves moving inside these wheels. Uh, now, they each—now those guys are interesting because they have four faces on each one, not just one face, right. but four. You can read about the wind angel, how God controls the winds. There's angels that control the waters. There's ones that are on fire and come out of the sun. There's others where we read that are, are big enough to step across oceans. And so this idea that all angels are the same isn't true because in the Bible you find out that in their true forms, now clearly they can mask themselves and come looking like humans. We see that throughout the Bible. But angels are just as varied as the animal kingdom is today.
0: And not only are they variable in appearance but they appear to have uh, uh, assigned functions. Absolutely. And a lot of people say we have a guardian angel. Well your dad's story uh, would suggest that and my father's story which was told long ago in my family that he was visited by someone who assured him that his, his brother was not going to die. His brother was in the hospital. Uh, that would be a, a guardian angel, perhaps. A messenger, certainly.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what the na- the word angel means. Malach means messenger. Malachi, the prophet, means my messenger. So angel means messenger, and that's their primary function. But when you go through the Bible, you find out that angels are more than just messengers. Like you said, there are so many countless amount of angels, and if we want to we can, we can talk a little about how there's myriads, uncountable amounts, possibly in the billions. But they work as as guardians, as rescuers, as warriors, uh, they're enforcers, they're, there's some that are evangelists. There's actually a gospel angel in the book of Revelation that travels the world and shares the gospel by the end of the tribulation. There's servant angels, there's nurturing angels that take care of people, and there's even executioner angels that deal out God's wrath and we
0: read about those in the book of Revelation as well. And you know, as you talk, uh, it's it's reassuring because when we watch television, and we're on television right now, and I hope you enjoy uh, our sharing with you all these wonderful uh, narratives about what's what's in the Bible. But when we watch television, I'm talking about worldly television. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to get discouraged. You say, what has happened to this world? What's going on? Is anything ever going to save this world? Because you look at wars, rumors of wars, uh, uh, travesties of various sorts, uh, injustices, lying, cheating, stealing, and this is your TV world, your video world of today fortunately not prophecy watchers, but this is the TV world of today and you're looking for something to encourage you a little bit. Isn't there something good that's going to happen out there? Well I think you you do that in your book. I try to because,
1: let's just skip to the very end here. What is the message of the book of Revelation? Jesus wins. That's what the book of Revelation, people can get caught up in the seven-year tribulation and clearly The book of Revelation goes really into detail. But let me read you this verse, Gary. Revelation 1 3. This is a guaranteed blessing by God if you read the book of Revelation. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So you're talking about how we're getting into this age where it seems like the world is spinning out of control. But here you read in Revelation, hey, you will be blessed. If you read it, and that's why it breaks my heart that so many pastors are given up on teaching the book of Revelation. They say it's too confusing. It's it's not if you follow the golden rule of interpretation. If the plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense lest you end up with Nonsense. Take a literal interpretation. Yeah. The symbols interpret themselves in the Book of Revelation, or in other parts of the Bible, the symbols are interpreted. So you can understand the Book of Revelation, folks. It's it's not a Chinese mystery puzzle. It, you can figure it out. But you're guaranteed here a blessing, a blessing if you read it. Now, when you get to the end of Revelation, you're also guaranteed a curse if you take anything away or add to it. So the book provides both a blessing and a curse, but it's meant to give us hope because it's meant to show us that Jesus Christ is in control
0: and He wins in the end. Looking for encouragement? Read Revelation. You know, I'm going to cover this verse again. The third verse of chapter 1, Revelation, Blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Just stop and think about that. Just by reading a book in the Bible, you can receive a blessing. And here's the thing Nathan, when I read Revelation it's just a marvel to me. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe every word of it even though it has this kind of a sci-fi uh, feel to it. There are things that, wow, could that really happen? And then, But then if you assure yourself, yes it can really happen and it's going to happen, there's a real blessing in that.
1: If like I can paraphrase Dr. Henry Morris, he said that the book of Revelation isn't hard to understand, it's hard to believe. And I think go. this is where we yeah. get a lot of, of, of things. When you talk about angels that can control the winds, when you can talk about angels that, that can lock people in bottomless pits, when you get really into the trumpet judgment yeah. angels where they've got demons coming up out of the ground. It's so outside our realm of humanity and reality that it's easy to discount. But for God, that's that's the wonderful thing about the book of Revelation. Revelation means to unveil. And what we're seeing here is that God pulls the veil off like kind of like a bride, the bride's veil, and you can see the person underneath. And in the book of Revelation God pulls the veil back so that we can see His sovereign work through His angels and His servants. And It's outside of our realm of understanding and even though Revelation gives a lot of details obviously it doesn't give us all the details. I think we're going to be quite shocked someday when we actually see all the angels around. It's kind of like Elisha's servant when when he uh, got to see the veil was taken he could see the armies of God surrounding the city.
0: And that's another thing that if I may really bugs me about living in the 21st century and that is that people misuse the idea of revelation. Mm -hmm. For example, sci-fi and there's lots of it around today and all of it is demonic in my opinion. It's sort of a cheap imitation of what the Bible says about the supernatural. But when you read sci-fi, they talk about apocalyptic this and apocalyptic that, you know. And actually, that's a biblical word. Apocalypse doesn't mean uh, horrible, uh, a horrible chain of curses. Uh, the word apocalypse simply means to reveal. And it is the Bible's way of saying this is what's going to happen, this whole future is going to be revealed to you if you read this book. That that word has been cheapened in the sci-fi world. Oh my goodness, that and the word Armageddon.
1: You know, everything oh, becomes yeah. Armageddon. Armageddon is the final battle of a seven year tribulation period. But the book of Revelation is, is fantastic because it gives you in the first chapter an outline of the book of Revelation is the things that the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, shows up and tells John, okay record what you see in here and so put it in these letters and I'm going to send them to these seven churches which are seven churches actually in Asia Minor and these, which is today Turkey as you know. And so what John does is he sees the things that happen, he sees the Lord comes Mm -hmm. and then chapter two and three is what will be the church age, the seven churches as you read about that. And then you get past chapter 2 and 3, we're up in chapter five and 4 and 5 the throne room of God. I mean uh, he, John gets to go up to heaven and see the throne of God. He sees Jesus Christ as a slain lamb take hold of that title deed of the earth, the seven sealed uh, scroll and we know that Jesus' victory is ready to come because on the cross Jesus earned that scroll, earned that title deed yeah. back and then we get into the tribulation which goes into detail through chapter 19. Get to chapter 20, it's Jesus Christ returns, it's His millennial kingdom, 1,000 years where He rules and reigns in peace and righteousness and justice across the world. And then the last two chapters, 21 and 22, we enter the eternal state. And I don't know about you Gary, but the mo- I just love Revelation. I'm sure you do too because oh, yeah. it is, it there's a reason there's hope because The world even though it gets so dark, I mean you go outside at five in the morning it's always the darkest time of night, right? But it's always the darkest time just before the dawn. And that's how we are now. We are in these final end times. Jesus Christ is about to return soon and rapture His church up to heaven. It's getting darker and darker. Tribulation is the darkest it'll be but that's just before the dawn, Jesus Christ returning.
0: Now having laid out the general theme of the book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation, Let's get into a little detail because, uh, uh, you mentioned that there are different types of angels and they have different roles and, and, uh, they appear in different ways. And let's, let's talk about that. And also, uh, I want to say that, that he starts out in the book of Revelation and kind of goes back through the entire Bible. That's the way the book is, is uh, laid out. But what he's doing, and I think you've done a great job with this, yeah, is acquainting people with a subject they thought they knew about but th- hey, maybe you didn't know as <laughs> much as you think you did because uh, there's a lot to know about angels.
1: There is. And you know, even after writing this book and you get kind of a two for one because you get the study of angelology yeah. which is a study of angels and a study of the book of Revelation. And it, it, we're just beginning to scratch the surface. We're only given so much information revealed in the Bible. The rest I think will be so wondrous that I think we'd blow
0: our human brains
1: if if we knew it in this day and age.
0: Now let's go ahead and and talk about uh, uh, angels, as uh, they are commonly thought of. Just angels. Uh, where do we see them uh, in the Bible? Name some memorable places that people might might like to affix in in their thinking.
1: Right, and so the, you'd probably start with the two biggest ones. You've got the archangel Michael Mm -hmm. and then you've got the angel Gabriel who's God's chief messenger. He gets the good jobs. He gets to go to Daniel and Mary and Joseph and proclaim the big important messages Uh, Some believe that Gabriel is part of what's called the archangel class. The angels are actually organized in almost military fashion. You've got the archangels at the top all the way down to the lowest servant angels. The demonic realm is also set up the same way. Principalities and powers and rulers of this age and all. There's different levels with Satan of course being at the top and then Abaddon who's a general of those demons who've been bound into the bottomless pit. So there's There's an organization to angels
0: as well. And that brings me to where I was really wanting to get, and and that's Lucifer. Yes. There's a really bad guy uh, in the Bible. Was he ever an angel?
1: Well this is, again you talk about misconceptions and and
0: Satan's done a fantastic job
1: at convincing people that he really doesn't exist. Or he's some kind of red-clad cartoon character with a curly-Q mustache, he's got a pitchfork and tails and cloven hooves it kind of makes him comical. Or he's like that TV show on the CW, Lucifer. He's just this good guy who's misunderstood. But there was originally this angel called Lucifer and he was the greatest of all angels. There's hints in the Bible that he was a reptilian in look, like a giant dragon, like Smog from the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit books. And what his job was is to lead the worship at the throne of God, bring people to the angels at the time to God for worship. But over time he started wanting to worship for himself, and that's where we get the first sin, pride. He wanted to worship for himself. It didn't take long he convinced a third of the angels to join him in an attempt to overthrow God and his kingdom. Now even though Satan is the most powerful, or Lucifer is the most powerful of all the angels, he couldn't obviously defeat Jesus Christ. And he got kicked out of Heaven, and that's where we get Satan and the fallen angels, the demons.
0: How art thou fallen? Yes. Oh, Lucifer, Lucifer, son of the morning, son of the morning. Uh, and so the fall uh, then expands out into a general rebellion, and we have uh, salvation, redemption, set on this groundwork of rebellion, and even to this very day, the rebels are still around, but we have the power to resist them through the uh, the. Uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus Christ's finished work—that's the general Bible narrative. But—and you've—you mentioned this in your book several times. There's kind of a general uh, lack of knowledge among churchgoers about how this impinges on their daily life, uh, how we live our lives within the, if you will, the. Uh, structure of of that ancient rebellion and redemption and the coming of Christ. Where do we fit in all this?
1: Well there is a spiritual battle going on behind the scenes that if we could unveil we would see that God and his angels and Satan and his demons are at war in the background. And they do that through human governments and authorities and powers. A lot of the crazy stuff we see and go around the world has demonic influences and backgrounds. And that's why Paul told us to put on the full armor of God to protect ourselves from these demonic attacks.
0: Well I watch uh, uh, the news from Europe, the news from the Middle East, the news from China <clears throat> and from the United States yeah. by the way, and I'm, my mind is boggled because I see so much wickedness, duplicity, oh evil, goodness, yes. uh, backbiting, uh, people pretending to be uh, to bring blessing and it's obvious from, from their comportment that they are not bringing blessing. And they stand up and say, I want to represent you because I'm a good guy and all the rest of those people out there are bad guys. And you sort of say to yourself, okay, um, that's not right. Mm -mm. What do I do? And this is, I think, where it comes down to the road. Where we live today it's really easy to get discouraged when you watch the things of this world. And you have to change your thinking back to what's behind this whole thing that we live in, this, this shell if you will. Mm-hmm. And this is what your book does, it kind of reorients us.
1: Well the book of Revelation, that seven year tribulation is Satan's last gasp. People attempt at the midpoint of tribulation to overthrow God's throne again. They yeah. get sentenced to banish down to earth permanently uh, Satan inhabits the one world ruler called the Antichrist. He only has three and a hundred, three and a half years left so he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he devour. He puts all his attention on destroying those Christians or people get saved during the tribulation and the Jews. And we see God defeat Satan and the Antichrist when Jesus returns. Sentence, Satan into a pit a thousand years later when he's let go. And we can get into that. Uh, he defeats him again sends him to hell and that's it. So Satan is just on a
0: time, he's just waiting for his execution. Well somebody out there is going to say, Nathan, I th- I think uh, you're, you're a little mistaken. I think angels and demons and all those things you read about in the Bible are just metaphors. They're not real. They're not just, you know, they, that can't really be real. What do you say?
1: Well then who did Jesus talk to when He was being tempted in the wilderness? Or how many times did Jesus refer to Satan as he not as some kind of abstract concept or a symbol of evil. He continually referred to him. How can you throw a concept into the lake of fire? He's an actual real being and these are actual real angels. And God will even use the demons during the trumpet judgments as judgments on the earth too. So God sees them as actual beings.
0: His name is Nathan Jones and he works alongside David Reagan and many others. And in a moment I'm going to let him tell you again where he does his main work. But right now I just want to tell you that you can get a copy of his book right here at Prophecy Watchers prophecywatchers.tv. Scroll down the online library and you'll find Nathan's name there and you'll find the book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation for your gift of $25. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. And we also have a package uh, the Mighty Angels package, we're calling it. This book, uh, plus, uh, we have uh, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets, which I'd like to talk to you about. Uh, we haven't really spoken about this book, but you collaborated with Steve Howell, and it's a wonderful book. Well, praise the Lord. We'll uh, also include this and. Uh, Jesus is returning soon. A video by David Reagan and a closer look at prophecy, Richard and Tina Kleiss. And for your gift of $60, free shipping anywhere in the U.S., you can have this package, the Mighty Angels Package. Well, we've only begun to talk here. We've laid out a few details. I want to spend a little bit more time with Nathan because there are several questions that I haven't asked. Will you come back? I'd be delighted. Hey, I've been delighted too. I'm Gary's chairman. Hey, you keep watching. We are.